podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. Yay! True I'm, crime. <laughs> I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. Make sure my phone's on silent. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea, huh? Yeah, because, you know, people... Uh, well, it's Saturday. well. It's kind of odd when you have to answer. You go, mom. No, Scott is not naked currently, <laughs> and um, that's a, that's an awkward thing to be that, asking your daughter. That is not a question I ever want to answer. No, that's that's when she calls me. <laughs> yeah, you know, she kind of probably has your number in her phone because we share a contact list, but she probably doesn't realize it. Oh my god, you got to tell her. Meow. <laughs> right, like, meow. meow. <laughs> All righty. So it's a medical Monday, right? It is a medical Monday. And this guy is a wackadoo. Sweet. You keep on telling me that. And I'm watching you over there and you're like finalizing everything. No, I was working on somebody else at the time, but I keep going back. I keep thinking about this guy. You keep making little comments. I'm sitting there going, give me some info. And you're like, no, I can't. It's like a deep, dark secret. It is. It is a need to know basis. And right now you do not need to know. (laughs) Got a brother a brick. God damn. All righty. So what you got for us, Tam? I got Michael Swango. What he a fucked up last name. Yeah, known as the Dr. Death. Ooh, Was yeah. he a Nazi? No. Because usually when, when people say Dr. Death, they're talking about, I can't remember the doctor's name that was a Nazi. His name is Joseph Mangeli. Man, man, I can't Mangala? remember. Yeah, maybe that's it. We're going to feature him soon. Okay, yeah, I think, I think, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was so I just couldn't quite remember. Yeah, he is going to be quite intensive. You keep teasing me with that one, too. You're like, I'm not going to do it yet because you're going to make naughty jokes. You're going to piss <laughs> off our no, listeners. You are going to make, you are going to upset our whole German market. <laughs> just because you're a German doesn't mean that we think that you killed the Jews. You just helped a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> Come on, no, the Jews. Dude. Get in the shower. No. We'll all be clean together. You're a brat. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Germany and our German market. We still love you. I know. I have a friend over in Germany. Marcus. Woo. Anyways, <laughs> this guy. I have a quote for this guy. It's actually from Hippocrates himself. And Hippocrates says, whenever a doctor cannot do good, he must be kept from doing harm. And I would agree with that. Yeah. You know what? I was telling my son... Maybe it was just this morning or last night. I told him, I said, you know what? As many of these as we have done, I am afraid <laughs> to go to the fucking doctor now. My physical is coming up pretty soon. I get two physicals. I went from the DOT, but I also get a personal physical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm straight up going to tell my doctor, don't make me have to get you featured on our fucking show. You know, <laughs> I want some credentials now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a, we, we need to have a little come to Jesus here. there, uh, yeah. little missy because my doctor's a female. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, mine's not. But yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, and I have an opening thought, so to speak, because, you know, you always do opening thoughts. I, I just do intros. But um, this one, it's I've heard it said that if you want to go into a profession that's as close to being a God as possible, you should choose to be a doctor. Mm hmm. You know, that's simply because they truly are the ones that 
we go to help us with things that go wrong with our bodies, and they are the ones we expect to save our lives. And we expect them to know a lot of stuff. And yeah, my son and I were talking because I, on our way back from Troutdale, um, back to here, um, I started getting pains in the joint of my uh, of my hip, which Ooh, yeah, yeah, on my yeah. right side, and that's because I have. And I'll say it slowly because. You can look this shit up. I'm not making this shit up. It's called a femoral acetabular impingement syndrome. Okay. And when it happened, I like it just came on one day and I couldn't walk. Isn't that the one that you were telling me that the doctor had no clue what the fuck it was too? Right, right. I get taken to the emergency room and then finally the ER doctor came back and said, I'm going to have to pronounce this slow because I've never heard of it. But this is what the orthopedist said. And, uh, and she said, it's a familiar assa, assa something, assa you, assa me, assa, oh, assa tabular, and business <laughs> syndrome. Um, but yeah, we, we, trust, we, we, we trust our doctors to kind of fix what's wrong with us. Yeah, true, true, you know. That's why now doing Medical Mondays, really, to all of our doctor listeners out there, y'all kind of fucking creep me out a lot. They, they creep me the fuck out now, too. Especially, I mean, because I know I'm going to have to go see my neurosurgeon soon. <laughs> And this guy was a neurosurgeon. Oh, fine. Yeah. And they go, considering that we live in the United States where mes- Western medicine is at its pinnacle, we have great expectations when it comes to our medical personnel. Goddamn right we do. However, I'm not going to stop there. The medical doctor we sometimes consider to be a god here on earth would probably be the neurosurgeon. They, I've heard that even in the medical field, they are considered to be the best of the best. Um, they are held to a higher standard, even amongst their peers. And let's just say Michael Swango was the best, just not in the traditional sense of the phrase. Okay. Oh, you got that look on your eye. I know. Now, so now I'm, I'm patiently Dude, waiting. I know. This is it. I'm right mean, here waiting for you. You right here waiting <laughs> for right you. Right here waiting for you. Yeah. Anyways, just don't sing me the ultimate stalker song. And we'll be good. Um, Jungle Love? No. Um, I'll be watching you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even like Sting, man, honestly. It's... Yeah, but that is like the ultimate stalker song. No, that is. That's true. Okay, so Michael Swango was born just north of north of here, actually, in Tacoma. Oh, shit. That's, uh, yeah, in Tacoma, Washington, on October 21st, 1954. But he was actually raised in Quincy, Illinois, in the Midwest. I know where Quincy is as well. Do you? I've spent a lot of time in Illinois and all over it, not just Chicago. Oh, is there a little, couple little Alexanders running around Quincy? There might be. <laughs> <laughs> this might be. <laughs> you know, I, I too am waiting for the day. Um, so... He was the middle child of John Virgil and Muriel Swango. And Michael's father was actually a career officer in the United States Army, and he fought in the Vietnam War. Oh, wow. If you're Um, still alive, thank you for your service and salute, buddy. Yeah. He was distinguished enough to be listed in the who's who in government for 1972-1973, which is a prestigious honor. Yeah. Yeah, Because, I mean, they have who's who of doctors, students, blah, blah, blah. And I actually, little, you know, lesser known fact about me, I get to put one in here like you always do. Sweet. I was in the who's who among American high school students my sophomore year. I think you told me that, yeah. Yeah, which is unheard of. Usually you have to be a junior. I mean, at least a junior, but usually it's reserved for seniors, and I made it my sophomore year. 
because uh, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> At one time, you were really smart, and then... I'm still smart, bitch. And now you're here doing podcasts with me. So. I know. Well, you know, that's says probably a lot the about dumbest your, thing I've ever done. It says a lot about your IQ and your yeah. taste. And, you know, kind of like... I wouldn't be doing it with me personally because... You know, I was listening to the episode where you told me that my ass was going to eat Tokyo. <laughs> and I'm like, it still sounds like he called me fat, that stupid bitch. <laughs> You feel, you feel the love. That's, that's yeah, my it term was of last endearment. Monday, so fuck off. It's yeah. <laughs> my term of endearment for you, Dan. I know, I know. Huh? So, um, anyways, so he was in the who's who in government, and yet, like so many other great men who fought in Vietnam, he became plagued by alcoholism. Oh, that happens. You know? that, yeah. Just, it happens to a lot of soldiers. When, uh, uh, yeah, it's been, I mean, even, now even too. I was going to say, even returning yeah. from like the Gulf War um, and Afghanistan and things like that, you yeah. see a lot, of, uh, a lot of drug abuse and a lot of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And that, on a, psycho- uh, on a psychological level, if you look throughout history, Right. Um, people tend to want to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. And I'm no different, you know, and neither are you, because you and I have that, that history of alcohol and drug addiction. We do, we do. Um, so I'm not just trying to pin it on, hey, if you're, if you're a veteran, no, then you no, must be, no. no. Dude, it happens to those of us who've, you know, who've been abused, yeah. but it's, it's, it's self-medicating to get yeah. rid of your interpersonal abuse. Well, you know what the weird thing is, is um, besides being diagnosed with some of my other mental issues, my doctor told me, he goes, you have PTSD. I said, no, I don't. I'm not a soldier. And he goes, it can happen to anybody. Right. It's, that's why it's not yeah. just for soldiers. It's post-traumatic yeah. stress syndrome. And I never, I never thought about that, you know. But mm-hmm. when he equated it, when he told me about it, I was like, you know what? You're probably right, you know. But um, so when he returned from his tours in Vietnam, it doesn't say how many he did. He became quite depressed as a result of his experiences there. And under, understandably so. It got to the point, though, where Mira wound up filing for divorce. As a result of the divorce, Michael saw very little of his father and therefore was closer to his mother. That makes sense, yeah. Okay? So, he attended an all-boys Catholic school. It was Quincy Catholic Boys High School. Hold on. Is there any molestation in this? Not that he has said. That's that I, I, I can already tell you why he did whatever he did. <laughs> There is no evidence of that, despite what you think. No, they hit it. That's what they did. Just like the one that's across the street from where they, you live. They hit it. That's right. And hiding. Oh my God. Sorry, Catholics. I know I make fun of you a lot. I'll pick you on a different religion here shortly. I doubt it, but okay. Um, so anyways, where he graduated there in 1972 as valedictorian. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And while he was in high school, he was in the band, and he played the clarinet. Now, my side note here is, side note, I don't think that ultimately has any relevance to his overall story, except to say, I too played the clarinet in school, and if we're going to make a comparison, he must be a genius. <laughs> hmm. Psychopathic killer. <laughs> you play clarinet. Hold on one second. Check, please. <laughs> Are you out of here? <laughs> I'm gone. Look at the time. Emergency <laughs> call. Flooding in my bathroom. I gotta go. <laughs> Did you get a call from Dave? That's right. <laughs> hey, it's amazing. Dave called me up, and I got to, like, go help him. I got I to go right, um, right now. <laughs> so it's, it's an emergency show. I'm going to go grab my stage outfit and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're so stupid. So, anyways, although he didn't spend much time with his father, he did follow in his footsteps, so to speak, because he enlisted in the Marine Corps. Uh, where he graduated from recruit training at Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego, California. Aren't you from that area? 
No, I lived in La Mirada. Where's that? So San Diego is on the Mexican border. Okay. okay. Oh, isn't go, that like right north of Tijuana? Yeah, it's north of Tijuana and Baja T- Mexico. Tijuana. Um, I want to go to Tijuana. If you go a couple hours north of there, you mm. hit Orange County. Mm. Um, and you have like, yeah, Buena Park, Anaheim. That's where two amusement parks are. I was going to say, isn't that L.A. area? No, L.A. is L.A. County, and that's north. Oh, okay. Then you, you totally skipped over where I... Where, Okay, I thought Orange County was close to L.A. My bad. It is. It, 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 so if you're going from north to south, it goes Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and then O.C., Orange County, okay. and San Bernardino County. Gotcha. That's I, all down the five, right? Yeah, it's all down I-5. Okay. That helps a little bit. <laughs> Until you get on the 60. Yeah. Or the 15. Anyways, he did... Re- Shut up. He did receive honorable discharge in 1976. Okay. So, although he didn't see any action during his service, his training as a Marine instilled in him a commitment to physical fitness. Um, He would often be seen jogging or performing some sort of calisthenic exercise when he wasn't studying at Quincy University, where he went to school. And when he was criticized by his professors, though, for anything, he was known to inflict a self-punishment of push-ups. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of determination. Like, I've been bitching for a couple of years since I put on weight. Like, I'm going to start working out. That's what I'm doing. I'll be all ready to do it. And, yeah, you can see my exercise bike is sitting there. Got a little I've layer got... of dust there. Okay. Hey, it makes a great uh, rack to hang uh, headphones on. Mm-hmm. And then I've got dumbbells that are in my, my, my closet. Do you really? Yeah, and I've got the exercise bands for weight resistance. Oh, yeah, you got one right here. We used to adjust your hat, remember? That came with the with I know, the it came with something else, but, but yeah. still. So, yeah, I wish I had that kind of fortitude and commitment. I yeah. don't. So well, and it's it. really weird. People thought he was weird because he did it. It's like he couldn't stand to be criticized at all. And so if he was, he would punish himself. Okay, so let's, let's break that down real quick. I can kind of understand that. I can too because I used to ground myself. So, well, here's why. You've, you've been to our show, uh, at least one of our shows, uh, and you've, you've, you've seen me perform, you've seen me play, and you've seen me here practicing – Oh, yeah. I've been told that I'm a great guitar player. You are. And I've been told, I, I, I get told that a lot, but it only takes one person who goes, yeah, you're a piece of shit. And then or my, that note was off or something. Yeah, yeah. My brain, and I don't know why, will sit there and see, you're a piece of shit, Scott. You'll never well, learn how to yeah, play this. Yeah, because it's a negative self-talk, and it's that self, that's the talk that you heard growing up, too. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. that's, that, that is how he deals with that negative mm-hmm. self-talk. You know, he feels like he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I do the same thing. Like, when that negative self-talk starts, see, Scott, you're a shit guitar player. You can't write songs for shit. Well, I punish myself. I will sit down, and there's been times that I've literally practiced for more than 24 hours straight. Wow. Just sit there and practice. I, mean, I remember at one point, literally, my fingers, my, my fretting hand, which is my left hand, a couple of my fingers were bleeding. Wow. Well, because I know after this show, I mean, because to put it in perspective, after this show... One of, I think it was your G chord was off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can't remember which guitar it was. But it was yeah. your acoustic. Yeah, my, my acoustic, yeah. And it's like you knew that. And, I mean, that's the only thing after the show that I heard you talk about for a couple days. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, that, you know, that string was off, blah, blah, I blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't catch it, and that's my job. Yeah, well, and it's like, you know what, dude? Nobody fucking noticed but you. I'm a perfectionist. I know. Well, I understand that. But what I'm trying to say is nobody noticed <laughs> but you because it sounded like, I mean, the show was fucking excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be yeah, here a week. Tip it was awesome. Anyways, we digress. Um, so 
when he graduated from Quincy, he graduated summa cum laude. Wow. Yeah, and he was awarded the American Chemical Society Award, which is the highest award given for distinguished services in the field of chemistry. I thought that I should get that award because uh, of the drugs that I've done in my time. Dude, you didn't make them. <laughs> but you I just did them. And <laughs> I didn't die. Side note. <laughs> side note. And I didn't. I'm not doing heroin. Another side note. Another side note. <laughs> After graduating from Quincy University, he attended medical school at Southern Illinois University School of Medicine or SIU. Okay. Now, there were signs at SIU that were ignored. Okay. Okay. His troubling behavior started while he was there, and he was undoubtedly a brilliant student. However, he, I mean, because he was prepared, he wanted to be a doctor. That's what he wanted. However, he preferred to work as a paramedic on the ambulance as opposed to focusing on his studies. It was also during this time that he was observed having a unique fascination of sorts with dying patients. Hmm. I see kind of a pattern here. Yeah. If we're talking about the already. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because it's it's, it's, it's a consistent pattern with a lot of our medical Mondays. You know, they they look for the weakest of the week. Right. And they go, hey, this one's already dying. Why not help him out a little bit? Well, and this is true. I mean, we do. Oh, I have a scratch on my thumb. Anyways, so um, it was all okay. Got that. Some even noticed, but apparently they they looked the other way when several of the patients assigned to Michael would end up coding. At least five of these coding patients ended up dying as a result of the code. One of his first victims, because I didn't list his victims in here because they were kind of a lot. Um was a promising Olympic hopeful. Oh, she had had an accident and she was in the hospital and she showed signs of improvement. And then it's like all of a sudden she coded and died. And she was only like in her early, early, late teens, early twenties. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what his modus operandi was. His modus operandi. You'll find out. Oh yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. His passive, passive approach to all things related to his studies actually caught up to him right before he was scheduled to graduate. Uh, that's when it was discovered that he fabricated checkups during his rotation for OBGYN. Although many of his peers had suspicions of this back in his second year, you know, this was the first time it actually been caught in the act. I'm a little confused. We mean fabricated checkups. Like he was he OBGYN, which is a baby doctor. Yeah, and because they have to do rotation. Stuff. Yeah, they have to do rotations in several fields when right. they go through medical school. So he just would just say, "Yeah, I checked that patient." Yeah. Or? Well, yeah, he said that he did those rotations when he didn't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I just want to know if he if he uh, what was no. going on with that. I was, I was just a bit. No, it's not like he actually went and said, "I saw that patient." He actually fabricated records to say that he had actually done those rotations. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this alone nearly got him expelled from the program. However, thanks to one member of the oversight committee, he was given a second chance and allowed to stay, uh, because the practice at that time was such that a completely unanimous vote was needed for student dismissal. So just that one positive vote left him in the program. Damn. Lucky him. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. 
But I'm, honestly, I hope they gave him an ass chewing going, dude, do your fucking job. Yeah, well, um, he did have to complete that rotation. I get into it here. Um, he should also, it should also be noted, noticed that early on in his medical school classes, many of his peers had several, and several faculty members had serious doubts when it came to his competence to study and practice medicine. Uh, the school overlooked these concerns when they allowed him to graduate a year after the other students that entered the program with him. His condition for graduation was to simply complete the skipped OBGYN rotation as well as several other assignments and a few other specialties as well. Okay. Okay. Which, I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of these people notice the signs early on and oh, yeah. they always look the other way. Yeah, I was just that's pretty consistent. In, Very uh, consistent. In almost every case we do, whether it's Medical Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Well, yeah, we were talking about that because I'm, I'm still working on... Yeah, uh, you're working on Friday. On, on, on a Next Friday. Next week's Friday, yeah. Oh, is that one... I thought I had a two-part. No, a you had uh, Randy Kraft's two-part is this Friday. Remember? Oh, I didn't know. Part. Okay, I thought it was that. Anyway, no. So I'm I'm getting ready to finish that that series mm-hmm. with William Bonin, and you and I were talking about this earlier. Is that everybody saw the signs? Everybody. He got convicted and sent and and sent to prison twice for the same thing. Right. Gets out and does it right away. Gets out and like three months later, yeah, he's got victims already. That's, yeah. Well, and even had victims while he was in the nut hut. Yeah, when he was in the, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that one on the yeah. Friday. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole new podcast, and d- wait for that one. That's next week. Um, so he starts an internship at OSU, which is Ohio State, not Oregon State, by the way. Um, and there's actually even more red flags. Even with his shady record while he was enrolled at SIU, he managed to get an internship with Ohio State Medical Center and later... He even secured a residency at the same location. Oh, okay. Yeah. While he was there, several people noticed, yet ignored, the fact that many of the patients were dying quite mysteriously at an alarmingly frequent rate. One nurse reported seeing him inject some sort of medication into a patient that caused the patient's condition to decline rapidly. And when she reported it... because. At the time, the only people who were allowed to give injections were the nurses themselves. The doctors didn't do it. Okay. And so when she saw him do this, she reported it to her head nurse. And her head nurse went to the hospital board. And they had the mindset that the nurses were second rate. Doctors were up here and nurses like way down here. Can I say something to that? And I won't get on a soapbox. I appreciate you doctors, I really do, but y'all ain't crap without your nurses. That's, this is true. I'm gonna, I, I'll say that straight out, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I, I have great doctors that I've mm-hmm. seen. I mean, every doctor that I've had probably for the last, God, 20, 30 years yeah. has been top-notch. Right. And while I have great medical, the nurses. They are. They are. And when my mom was working, because, you know, she just retired recently, when she was working, the doctor who was um, the, uh, he was the doctor for the facility, you know, um, he would come in to do his rotation. I think it was like once a week, once every other week, something like that. And to check up on all his, on all the patient, his patients, as well as the ones that he oversaw because their doctors didn't come in. And he said himself, let me know what's going on because you guys are right here. 
you know, mm-hmm. and he trusted them to order the right medications and then they would send him the prescriptions and he would just sign them, you know, because they knew what was going on. They were right there. What's always impressed me, and this was even when I had uh, testicular torsion, I had to have surgery on my, on my nuts, was that even the ultrasound tech. She did said, she swing from your nuts? No. She did afterwards. I actually got her Ew! phone number. I was kidding, the, but that that's don't. I actually, uh, yeah, her and I hooked up. But uh, that's because I made a joke. I said, if I, wasn't, if I didn't have so much morphine in me right now, I'd have a hard on. And she thought that was funny. But, um, you know, I kept saying, what do you think? Is I can't tell you. The doctor has to tell you. And finally she said, I think you have testicular torsion. I yeah. Said, what the fuck? She's, yeah, that, that's what it really looks like to me. Yeah. And sure enough, that's what it was. But normally, I think that nurses and and uh, and and techs, like oh, yeah. ultrasound techs, x-ray texting, people like that, they know what's happening oh, long yeah. before the doctor ever yeah, does. Yeah, before the doctor even comes and fucking sees you. The doctor, yeah. I think, is just mostly when in those cases, just kind of a mouthpiece that comes and says, yeah, son of a bitch, that's it right there. Yeah, that's exactly. He was right. Yeah. Right yeah, on the money. Exactly, because when, when I broke my ankle uh, and they took me in for x-rays, I did ask the x-ray tech. I said, so... Is it broken? He goes, um, I can't tell you for sure, but, and I go, yeah, it's broken. <laughs> you know? Um, so anyways, an investigation into his practices were launched, but he was actually cleared of any suspicion in 1984 because, you know, the hierarchy there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, although it was also reported later that the management at OSU. Well, he's already a doctor at this time, right? He, well, he's an intern at this time. Okay, good. But he got yeah. him, okay, but he got a residency. He after did the, end okay, up gotcha. getting a residency, and they're saying right here that he was only granted a residency because they feared he might sue them on the grounds of without cause termination. Oh my God! Once again, we Colin. Fl- Why well, we? I was just gonna say we ran into that with fucking Colin, not just once, but at least two hospitals did the same mm-hmm. thing. Well, we were afraid we were gonna get sued, so we just said, "Hey, why we don't ended you just- up with Hogel, Niles Hogel. Yep, exactly, and Harvey." Yeah, like, yeah. Just scamper along, and we won't say anything as long as you don't kill people here, because we don't. Yeah, and get we'll give sued. you a glowing recommendation. Fucking ridiculous! Wake up, motherfuckers! Yeah, wake the fuck up! Yeah, God damn! These are the people that are going to be working on you and me. Wake up! And he's supposed to be a brain doctor. Yeah, neurosurgeon is like they do the nerve, yeah. the spinal cord, and the brain, dude. Yeah. It's like, no. At this point here, I really wouldn't trust him to change the water out. In I wouldn't the dog trust dish. him to change my fucking bedpan. Yeah, no shit, huh? You know, <laughs> he'll Donald Harvey me. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> no, right? So anyways, and um, because of this and everything, and after his first year of residency, they were like, you know what? You really can't stay here anymore. Okay, so in July of 1984, he went back to Quincy and yeah, he got a job working as an emergency practitioner, a paramedic. And when they asked him, I mean, because I don't have this in my notes either, but when they asked him why he was a paramedic, he said it's because he wanted to get more hands on experience with people before he started becoming a real doctor. That's a big I got an issue with that. That's a big leap. From yeah. being a neurologist or neurosurgeon to being a paramedic. Right. But also, once again, paramedics, you guys rock. You're way better than real doctors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if I if I'm having a heart attack right fucking now, and I yeah. have a choice to pick the doctor in the house mm-hmm. or the paramedic, that right. doctor honestly can fuck right the hell off. I want the paramedic because he's trained in yeah. taking care of shit. Totally. That's happening right fucking now. To- totally, yeah. That doctor's going to be, well, you're having a heart attack, but I have to run 50 tests to make sure it's yeah. an actual I heart attack. I have to do an EKG and blah, 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 where a paramedic's just going to shove that nitrous under your fucking tongue and be like, here you go, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to go, don't worry, get get out of my way, I'll take care of this shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Superman here. Yeah, hook up the little electrodes, all that shit. Yeah, because when they thought I broke my hip, the fucking, the paramedic on the way there, he goes, he goes, ma'am. Tammy, you are in a lot of pain. And I'm like, I'll be fine. He goes, I don't really think so. <laughs> you know, but it's just the like, flesh, but the flesh wound. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they thought they literally thought I broke my hip and that's kind of a serious thing. So they like did lights and sirens all the way to the hospital. I'm like, please shut them off. This is embarrassing. He goes, Nobody knows it's you in here. I go, Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they see me rolling, homie. <laughs> that's right. I'm rolling. <laughs> shut up. So even more suspicious. And then it's like, because he had a fascination with the um the more severe calls that they would see like the motor vehicle accidents and stuff like that that makes sense given yeah. the story so far and i don't have this in my notes either but he would be even when he wasn't on duty they would see him show up for the the mvas and he was there like taking pictures instead of like being there to help and they're like what the fuck is going on he's an accident ghoul yeah you see that all the time like i'll be I, I passed, we have a lot of rubberneckers. I passed a wreck. Um, oh, when was it? It was probably close to a year ago, and there was a body. We, we oh, saw right, him yeah. covering it up. That scares the fuck out of me. That doesn't bug me. It was on the other side of the freeway, and I'm, well, I'm not the one who's yeah. dead. So No, yeah, yeah so but considering one of my really good friends died in a car or something like that, it really fucking, I go into like. There were so many people with their phones hanging out the window. I have to get a picture oh, yeah. of this. Video it and shit. I'm, I'm yeah. sitting there, and you know, I'm talking to my buddy Phil on the phone, and I'm telling him what's going on. I want these motherfuckers to get out of my way. You know, yeah. if you want to see dead bodies, go on the internet. There's plenty of them. Yeah, plenty. plenty, plenty we plenty, find plenty, a lot. Plenty. Yeah, kind of a lot. You <laughs> kind know, of. Mostly, get the fuck out of my way, because I got places to go. <laughs> well, you know, and this is somebody's tragedy. You know, right. their families, it's tragic, period. Why are you videotaping it? That is just so morbid and disgusting to Unless me. Unless it's a stripper that you know. Then we have to pay homage to her and, you know, throw a dollar bill as you go by. <laughs> You're so fucking stupid. I'm trying to help out the strippers. What's wrong with that? <laughs> nothing, dear. Nothing. Jesus, criminy. Anyway. Trying to help a sister out. Help a sister out. What about the male strippers, bitch? That would be me. Sexist, sexist much? Anyways, even more suspicions... Can I throw hot dogs at him? Huh? If I see a male stripper, can I throw hot dogs at him? A wiener for a wiener? No, dude. Okay. Even more suspicions came to rise when his paramedic peers became severely ill. Immediately after he went to get them some food or coffee, it was like, yeah, one time he brought in donuts and they were like eating them and they like, these don't like spring back. They're like really hard. You know, and he goes, oh, they're day-old donuts. And, you know, it's like the guy said within hour, like minutes, they were like throwing up in the bathroom, couldn't figure it out. And then he was on, a, they were at a, a football game type thing where they had to have paramedics, you know, waiting standby. And he goes, oh, I'm going to go get a Coke from, you know, the concessions. You want one? And the guy said, yeah, sure. And the, he brought him back a Coke. He says, and within minutes, he was thrown up. See, okay. 
I understand him killing off patients. Oh, yeah. Because it's pretty consistent. But now you're fucking with your own friends and yeah, coworkers. Yeah, your coworkers. Yeah. There's, a, there's an old saying. What is it? Don't, uh, don't shit where you eat. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Yeah, I like, think that's it. Don't shit where mm-hmm. you eat. And that's or pretty, in your own backyard or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly what he's doing. He's taking a big power plopper. <laughs> big power plopper. So, um, let's see here. As a result of these suspicions, Michael, I mean, because they even had it one time where they made sure he went out on a call because they took the iced tea that he had made and they took it to the university and it was actually the professor that taught him in chemistry that fucking said, you know, did one test and he's like, "Uh, no, there is definitely arsenic in this. Holy shit. Yeah, it was like severe levels of rat poison. Why does everybody want to use arsenic outside of it's readily available? Arsenic in lace? (laughs) It's it's always, it's always, like, you know, every time you hear about a poisoning, it's usually... Arsenic. Or cyanide, yeah. Yeah, or cyanide. Yeah. Sometimes strychnine, but yeah. Strychnine's so rare unless you're talking like the 1800s. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why it's like sometimes strychnine. Because we've had that in the past, but cyanide and arsenic are a lot. Yeah, kind of a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, and cyanide a lot of people quit using because of the distinct smell. Right. You know, the the sweet almond smell. But um, so anyways, as a result, they actually turned them in. And uh, he was charged with and convicted of aggravated battery for poisoning his co-workers. Good. Um, as a result of this conviction, he was sentenced to serve five years in prison. Okay? Um, when it came to his... Res- later, when it came to his residency at OSU, a report later hinted at the fact that there was significant gaps and an obvious lack of action by the authorities at the school, despite the glaring neon signs that pointed to the wrongdoing on his part. Now, that's to say they knew the potential he had to kill people, and they just like, you know what? We're going to look the other way. Same thing with the other ones that we, yeah. that, that we feature. Is like, just don't do it here. Right, exactly. So now the year is 1989, and Michael has been released from prison. Now, I couldn't find anything as of this at the time I wrote this that to tell me what kind of inmate he was, but I was looking at, you know, since he was sentenced in 19 around 1984 for 5 years and it's 89, he probably wasn't a model inmate. But then I heard later that he was and was released after 2 years, but there's no nothing on him during that time afterwards until 1989, which made no sense to me. Yeah, it kind of makes no sense. That's confusing. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Okay, so upon getting out of prison, he was able to get a job as a lab tech. Okay. Okay. Everybody got to work. Everybody got to eat. That's right. However, however, I've stated in other episodes, a leper doesn't change its spots. Yeah, we've seen that. It's pretty consistent yeah. as well. Yeah. Many of his coworkers in this job also complained of painful stomach issues Jeez. while they worked with him. It you was... would think he would have learned his fucking lesson. Uh, Dude, yeah. Michael, you got fucking busted for the same goddamn yeah. thing. Like you I know? said, leopards don't change their spots, Scott. They, they all think that they're smart. And even mm-hmm. though some of them, you know, graduate with high honors and everything like that, it's, it just seems like they're all fucking idiots. You know, Jesus yeah. Christ, change that shit up, d- dipshit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. So he also, around this time, met a lady by the name of Kristen Lynn Kenny. She's a Hi, nurse. Kristen. He is said 
to have fallen in love with, with and whom he planned to marry someday. I say Sid here because we all know with his psychology right now, he's probably most likely a psychopath, if not a sociopath. You think? I believe he's a psychopath because I, I heard said so by too. a psychologist that a psychopath is born and a sociopath is made. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, he also legally changed his name to Daniel J. Adams in 1991 in an effort to gain employment as a doctor once again. After forging several documents that would hide his convictions, he was able to get a job for Sanford USD Medical Center, which is actually in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, and the, I only know that is because that's where my dad was in the hospital when he was in ICU for a while. Oh, okay. At Stanford. Um, and this was in 1992. So if we weren't talking about a killer here, I might applaud him for being able to forge a, f- a fact document, a factual document issued from the Illinois Department of Corrections that would falsify his criminal record. According to his falsified document, he was only convicted of a misdemeanor for engaging in a fist fight with a fellow coworker. Instead of serving the five years, the document stated that he received only six months. There's a long, the, that, that's a, there's a far cry between poisoning your fucking coworkers and getting into a bar fight. I know, right? You that's know? exactly what I'm saying. Jesus but he Christ, was able man. to falsify documents. He was even able to convince the, his future employers that he was either brought up on false charges or he was good and reformed after doing his time that he was now ready to be a practicing physician once more. I'm going to try that. Ladies and gentlemen. I am totally reformed from my evil ways of making dick jokes and vagina <laughs> jokes and jokes about Tammy's ass. I just, I, and I her feel, mom. And well, I'm not joking about her mom. I'm serious <laughs> about that. But um, I, I'm, I, I feel it. I feel like I'm totally reformed now. Thank you. I just, thank you, Michael. You've shown me the way. <laughs> that's all it takes. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> so he does make an inevitable yet egotistical, I should have said narcissistic mistake. Okay, wouldn't be long before Michael would go on to gain a solid reputation at Sanford as a good doctor. Oh, sweet. Yet he may have grown too complacent there since he made quite a big mistake. His mistake was actually trying to join the American Medical Association. Jesus Christ. All prospective members of this elite association are subject to a background check. Now... Those who know the system should know that a reputable organization would probably have a more thorough vetting process than places doing the actual hiring, right? (laughs) Because the AMA is very prestigious. Yes. Uh, They did, in fact, have a stricter verification process, and they discovered his true conviction. Their report scared his employer so much that his employers fired him on the spot justifiably yeah. so you went from i just got into a little altercation with a co-worker to oh no i poisoned my co-workers that's yeah. what i did because, because they I'm a were dick. able to trace the fact that he legally changed his name so they knew that he was in fact michael swango <laughs> actually his name's joseph michael swango but whatever i'm glad that they did man yeah so for a while after this the ama lost track of him because he was using even more aliases With one of his aliases, he was able to get a job temporarily in New York. It was during this time on the run that Kristen left him. And a few months later, she was said to have committed suicide. Said to have. 
However, the jury is still out on that one since there was trace amounts of arsenic found in her body post-mortem. Oh, no. He's getting reformed, remember? Yeah, that's right. Couldn't have killed her. Couldn't have. Fuck. She did it herself. That's right, because, you know, everybody picks up a big box of rat poison and goes, mmm, yummy. Tasty. <laughs> that tastes great. Can I get a glass of Less water with Philly. this? <laughs> Dude, I love the buzz that it gives me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Fuck. Anyways, so he's arrested one more time, and we find out the extent of his crimes. Michael, and this is what I love here. Michael was able to hide from both the FBI and local authorities in various cities he worked in by playing the ultimate game of cat and mouse. He would change his name. He would, I mean, he'd give an alias, work for a while, and then when he thought that they were onto him, he would just leave and change his name again and go somewhere else. Okay. At one point, he even fled to a place I love to say, and my family hates it because every time there's a Jeopardy clue to do with uh, Africa, I always answer with this, Zimbabwe. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, I don't know why I like to say it. It just sounds nice. However, the long arm of the law finally caught up to him when the FBI arrested him in June of 1997 at the Chicago airport when he was trying to flee to Saudi Arabia. So what happened was, is he poisoned somebody in Africa. And the nurse there found the syringe he used because he just dropped it. On, they say it was on accident. I don't know. Good going, Slick. Yeah. And there, the medical boards and the, you know, the administration actually listened to what the nurses said. Which you know, makes sense. Yeah. There, it's like the nurses knew what they were fucking talking about. So, you know, they made this and he knew that it, they were on to him, right? And Interpol and all that shit, they don't fuck around. And um, so he left and he wanted to go to Saudi Arabia how, at, to the Royal Hospital, whatever's out there, right? And however, he had to come back to the United States to get another thing uh, to extend his visa. And the dumb ass, I mean, this t- he, and somebody said he was just cocky enough to think he could get away with it. He flew back on his real name. And he's in while he's going through customs in Chicago, he was kind of cocky and the customs agent had suspect, you know, just didn't like his attitude. So he ran a check on the name because they can. Yeah. And that's when they found out, hey, you're wanted by the fucking FBI, you dumbass. (laughs) And so they held him. Now, since there was lack of evidence when it came to his murders, he thought he was only being charged with defrauding the government. By using so many aliases to get employed. Because when you send out mail with false information, it's considered mail fraud. Yeah. Correct. And it's also considered, um, I, I think Female I Female fraud? Huh? Female fraud? No, dude, shut up. <laughs> so as a result of this belief, he pled guilty and was only sentenced to serve three and a half years. However, the authorities were smarter than him. Because they did this in an effort to use that time to acquire solid proof of his numerous murderous crimes. I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, From a mile away. Unfortunately, I think Michael over here, Mr. Swango, you think that you're way smarter than what you are. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Well, and that's just it, is he thought he was so untouchable that, you know, he could get away with anything. 
Um, investigators exhumed and examined the bodies of his former patients, and they were able to determine that he had used poison to dispense of them as trace substances were detected in the remains of all of his victims. <laughs> they were also able to determine that his crimes weren't limited to stateside. As part of the investigation, the U.S. authorities learned that the government of Zimbabwe and I go, I truly love saying that word, <laughs> was also charging him with poisoning of seven patients, five of whom died. Gee, many Christmas. Yeah. So on September 6, 2000, Michael pled guilty to more charges. This time, it was for three counts of murder, as well as counts for wire, it's wire fraud and mail fraud. If he didn't plead guilty... Choosing instead to take it to trial and being found guilty there, he may have wound up receiving the death penalty in both the United States and Zimbabwe. They because they have it there, there too. Yeah, oh, they'll, 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 they'll fuck you up. Yeah, not, they will like probably you're... decapitate your ass with a machete. Yeah, it's, it's not like here, like you're going to get him yeah. a, a bajillion goddamn appeals. appeals yeah. They're going to be like, you are guilty. And they're going to chop your head off. Dude, That's it. we have an African audience too, you dumbass. I am so sorry, Africa. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Have you? Ever, I thought you were reformed. I get that voice because I had a boss once. I was doing cable line construction in Palm Springs, right, California. Right, right, right. His name was Mike Wahomey. And he was... Michael Homey? No, Mike Wahomey. Oh, Wahomey. Okay, got it. And he was from Kenya. Oh, okay. Uh, he was a black guy. Yeah. And he talked... And everything he said was scary. Like, oh, I'm yeah. Not like, I remember when I got... Uh, uh, Offered the promotion to go and become a supervisor. I get this call. He goes, Scott, what are you? I'm like, oh fuck, man. I'm, like, um, I'm over here in like a uh, over here in La Quinta at this country club, you know, splicing. I need you to meet me over here. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking, what the fuck did I do do wrong, you know? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to make you the supervisor, and he was a really nice guy. Oh yeah, he was super nice, but everything he said was scary. Yeah, as because they fuck. mean business. Yeah. yeah but he, was, he was a great guy, man. They are business first, party last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little bitty guy, man. But I'm pretty sure he could have, like, thrown a spear and killed me or whatever the hell he could do. <laughs> fucking fucked you up. <laughs> <laughs> he could have, oh, no, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> so, during his sentencing hearing, he admitted to committing three murders and lying about his role in the cause of a fourth death, as well as lying about his conviction in 1984, which was the mail and wire fraud. So, one author, who is a native of, native of Quincy, Illinois, wrote a book titled Blind Eye about the life and crimes of Michael Swango, estimates that the death toll that can be attributed to him is somewhere close to 35. However, okay. the FBI thinks his body count is much higher and closer to 60. If this is case, he is one of the most prolific medical serial killers in American history. No, we've had ones that have done over. Not in America. In America. No. What, what was Colin's body count? His Colin's was... body count was only in the 30s and 40s. I just rewrote his story. Oh, I thought his was higher than that. I thought no. there was another one that we did. No. We did Shipman, and he was 120 something. He was Germany, though, right? No, he was UK. UK, that was it. Okay, that yeah. might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah. No, yeah, because okay. we even did Harvey, and Harvey wasn't quite that high either. All right, I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll give that. Well, one and a they pass, could then. be saying at this time too, because this was 1990s, and oh, Harvey true. and Cullen were later. That's true. They're in the 2000s. So, yeah. so um, we have to relate all of this to at that time. So, 
Anyways. Oh, that's all I had. So I didn't I didn't write up my final thoughts on this, but let's start with the obvious. Nature, nurture. Nature. One hundred fucking percent. Yeah. Here here he comes from a strong family. Granted, he wasn't really close to his dad because his dad's going through some shit. True. You know, but so, he had a very supportive mother. Yeah, very supportive mom. Very know? good education. He went to a private school. Right. And he did it didn't sound like he had a lot of childhood issues. Like he wasn't getting into fist fights all the time Correct. or any bullshit like that. Right. He's getting along with people. He goes to a great school. He gets out, he gets great grades all the way through college. Right. And all that stuff. He just he's a, he was born to fucking do this. He's a, yeah. born to be a little fucking psycho. Yeah. And the fact that he targeted not only patients but his co-workers that is the one that pushed me that over says the edge a lot. oh yeah that's like you don't have a value for anybody's life i've worked with people in that you wish you could kill oh yeah <laughs> and not just in the music industry but in the trucking industry as oh, well yeah. that i have absolutely fucking hated with every fiber of my body fiber i know and you know what i haven't done killed them i haven't slipped them any fucking rat poison True that. You know, I just bitch a lot. That's it. And, you know, I've made, I may have told many people to go fuck themselves. But you, I'm not killing them. You have. Yeah. You know, it's just... There's, there's a lack of decorum with this guy. You know, you gotta, yeah. kinda, you gotta follow the serial killer rules, guys. Okay? Welcome to Scott's Tips on Serial Killer. <laughs> I know. You always give them advice I on do. how to get away with shit. That's not even getting away. It's decorum. Okay. To our serial killers that are listening, here's the deal. And we know we got a bunch, so. If you're going to be killing people, that's your deal. And it's I, I don't approve of it, but you know, that's your deal. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you jack shit. Yeah, it's not that's make your it. choice to make. It's, 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 it's not up to me to stop you because <laughs> I'm a musician. I'm not a fucking cop. No, it's not us, up to us to stop you because you know what? We want to feature you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you might give a statement to the cops. And I was listening to the... Uh, to Brutal Nation, and Scott said, anyway, <laughs> don't kill your fucking co-workers and people yeah. that are around you. We did another medical one where he poisoned his family members or his boyfriend's he, family. His boyfriend's. That was Harvey. That was Yeah, it was Harvey. Yeah. Don't do that shit. You want to know why? Because okay. that's a neon sign pointing right at you. Exactly. Gather close, my serial killer brothers. <laughs> put on your jammies. And, and sisters, put on your jammies. <laughs> Everybody got their hot cocoa? Cool. Here's the deal, yeah. Don't poison your fucking family. Don't kill your fucking family. Don't kill your boyfriend or girlfriend's family. Right. Because you are suspect one. Easy to catch. You yeah. do people you don't know, and you don't do it in your own fucking town either. Because people are going, hey, you know what? I see yeah. Bob around here a lot, yeah. and it kind of fits uh, the Well, uh, and what's that's why when they're doing, like, um, geographical profiling, they always have like this circle area that's the comfort zone because, you know, they look at where all the bodies where they were picked up and where they were dumped and they realize, OK, they're not in this area right here. And so they locate the comfort zone mm -hmm. because that no I mean, a lot of serial killers will not shit in their own backyard. And it makes sense. Unlike Michael over here and Michael, I hope you do hear this. You are seriously you're a dipshit. Yeah. You know, you don't shit in your own backyard yeah. or shit where you well, eat. That's exactly and what you did. What I don't have in here as well is I attribute it to nature as well, because even in prison, he has been caught trying to poison fellow inmates. Oh, you didn't even say that. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's fucking nature. Also, a little request for our serial killers. 
change it up a little bit. Because if you're doing the same thing all the time, number one, it points right to you. And number two, it's boring. Jesus Christ, give us some excitement. Yeah, we're tired of arsenic. We're tired of cyanide. We're tired of fucking like heart medication and insulin and all that shit. Right. It's like, you know what? Give us a fucking Lucas and Tool. Switch it up. That's exactly what I was saying. Take, take a lesson from Beavis and fucking Butthead. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead of serial killers. Yeah. Switch this shit up for us a little bit. Come mm-hmm. on, man. Because it gets boring hearing, and he poisoned them with arsenic over and over again, or insulin, or, uh, you know, like he... Didoxin, or fucking morphine. Or even more than that, you know, like uh, like he would abduct, and then he would just beat him in the head and do whatever. Yeah. Just mix it up. God damn. Give us some entertainment do. here. No shit, yo. And I know I, I know what our serial killers out there are are saying right now, our brutal ones. That's why I'm calling our listeners, by the way, welcome to being a brutal one. Um Our Brutals. Our Brutals. You know, by mixing up number one, it, it, it takes it away from you. Uh, you know, that the eye on you, you get to work a little bit harder. That's you know, true. A little longer. That's um, true. Yeah, and, and don't be a fucking idiot. And yeah. also, also, please, let's all make an agreement. Don't kill kids. Please. Please. I, I know even if you're like, you know, got that, that child killer molester mentality like a Catholic does for the molestation. There goes our Catholic market. There it goes. You're welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs> Here comes a lawsuit. I was going to say, and they're going to knock on your door right now serving you with a I lawsuit. can practically time it down in three, two, one. There's a knock. Oh, we're getting the papers and getting sued again. You've been served. Let's let's not kill kids, okay? That's yeah. I'm not asking much from you guys. Like I said, I'm not even asking you to stop because it's not my place. I'm not a cop. That's why I don't play the game to hunt a killer because I'm not a motherfucking cop. Well, yeah, and not just that. It's like, you know, us talking is not going to get them to stop anyways. Period. Okay, you know what? I'll do a PSA. If you're currently a serial killer, please stop what you're doing and don't serial kill anymore. Get help today. There's my PSA. It's not Call us. Be. Call us so we know your name in advance. Oh, my God. If you're a serial- we, we want first dibs on the interviews. If you're a serial killer and want to keep it all secret, I don't know. If I can figure out how to get us an email anonymously. Like, like the, yeah, dude. And we will so feature your shit. Dude, totally. Totally. Oh, you know? yes. Yeah. So, you know, so there's that. But I also have, I mean, and I've also been thinking because it's come up in a lot of other ones that I've done. All these people that have overlooked or turned a blind eye. Do you think they should be held accountable on some level, too? I've said this before, and I'll say it a million more times from Germany to the USA to the UK. Yes, because you're just as responsible for mm-hmm. ignoring it. Okay, and f- for example, let's go to my Mexican neighbors that I can't stand, okay? If I'm standing at my door and I see somebody kill them, right? even if I don't like them, it's my duty as a citizen. Right. As just as a decent person. Right. To be on that phone. Yeah. And telling them, you know, calling the cops. Dude, I saw him. He was, you know, like 5'10 and a you know, <laughs> fat, fat Bald white guy. Dude, suspect number one. That's exactly. He had a long goatee and tattoos, and both of his ears were, like, gauged. And I think he plays guitar. Oh, my God, that is me. <laughs> I yeah. tell the neighbors. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> no. You know, and, I, and if, while it's not illegal for me not 
to right. call it in. It's just being a decent person. Right. And, but hospital administration, though, are held to a higher standard. I was just going to get to that. Yeah. They you're are mandatory to report. You're you're in a hospital setting. You're in a medical setting. Yeah. You you Generally, people don't go to the doctor um, outside of normal things like you know, your annual physical and blood work. Right. I get blood work done. Um, unless there's a problem. And, yeah. Unless, unless you have a problem. Yeah. You know, I have never randomly sat there and go, hey, today's a great day to pop in and say hi to my doctor. I'm just going to yeah. fucking go. No. Yeah. It's usually like, hey, my leg's all fucked up or I have a femoral acetabular impingement syndrome. Yeah, it took me a while to learn how to say that one when I had that. <laughs> now know, it just rolls off your fucking tongue, huh? It took me years to learn how to say that, actually, to have it yeah. roll off my tongue. Well, but yeah. There's always a problem. Yeah. So you're in there and you're trusting the medical staff, the doctors, the nurses, yeah, even the true. orderlies, even the lady who is checking you in to know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And to have your best interest at heart. So if the nurse comes in and says, hey, I've got to give you a shot of this, mm-hmm. you're in a position where you really do need, and it is a need, not a want, but a need to trust that person yeah. that they're giving you the right medication true, in the right dosage true. in the correct needle. This is true. They're not going to tear up your arm or your yeah. ass or anything like that when they give you the pokey pokey. The pokey pokey. The pokey pokey. Yeah. I hate it's, getting shots in my butt. I mean, in my hip. I hate it. So with that in mind, if if people are coming to their bosses, their their administrators, yeah, and going, Hey, look, this is what's going on. This is what we're seeing happening. Yeah. For the administrators. And if he's a of, fucking doctor. Yeah. And if the admins are sitting there going, eh, pff, who cares? We don't care what you think. You know what? I'll say this straight out, and uh, probably some of our listeners, you deserve to be in prison too. Yeah. You deserve yeah. to be in a goddamn prison because you're just as liable. You allowed you it to happen. You are. You are. I mean, because, I mean, to relate it back to, I mean, to a personal level, I had to go in to see my orthopedic surgeon about my shoulder recently. And the nurse there who knows me very well, because I've been there several times, she goes, you don't come here unless it's a problem. Yeah. You know, she goes, you're not one that's in here all the time saying, oh, this hurts or this aches or whatever. She goes, you don't come in here unless there's a problem. Yeah. You know, that's what my last doctor told me. Yeah. Dr. Coffee. Dr. Um, Coffee. That's why I picked him, actually, because his last name was Coffee. <laughs> but, but not like the drink, <laughs> like <No>. Green Mile. <laughs> he goes, my last name's Coffee, but not like the drink because it's C-O-F-F-E-Y. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. I loved that movie. I loved my last doctor. We, we switched insurance companies so oh, yeah. that's why i've got kaiser now but uh i saw him forever and every time i went in there he'd be you know all he joked with me all the time yeah but uh yeah mine does too yeah he would be like oh just you know he knew something has to be really wrong for you exactly. to be here because i don't i don't just come in here for a social visit right exactly i mean in my my last practice uh uh, primary care, it's like he knew how I am because I will go to worst case scenario in my head. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I freaking am a hypochondriac and I'm in the doctor all the time because I hate, I, I almost refuse to go to the doctor. Um, but it's like, I'll go worst case in my head. And one time it's like, I had to call and I'm glad he was on call because my friend thought she was giving me ibuprofen and handed me three uh, Sudafed tablets. I got a story about and that. And it's like, so, and I didn't know that I had a reaction to it. And so I'm laying there. I mean, I'm sitting there. We're watching the meteor shower. And all of a sudden, it's like, I felt like a vice grip on my head 
right? And I'm like, oh my God, my head is going to explode. I'm literally having an aneurysm right now. And so we called the advice line and he called me back and I was telling him, my, you know, he goes, well, you know, this is probably what happened. You're probably allergic to it. Blah, blah, blah. He said, you know, take, drink lots of water to flush it out of your system. And if the pain gets too bad, take your pain meds. It's okay to take a little extra and everything. And I'm like, okay. And then I go, my head's not going to explode. He goes, huh? No. (laughs) You know, so it's like different things like that. So he knew how I was, but he also knew that I listened to reason, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's like different things like that. I I mean, I'm so mad that he retired. But I mean, my ortho's the same way. He knows that I'll be like, you know what? This is this is the worst it is. Right. And he'll be like, no, I think we can deal with it another way. So my Sudafed story. Oh, dear God. Uh, this is when I was still talking to my brother, Philip, and uh, he married this chick. I think her name was Ashana. She was a white chick with a black chick's name. Anyway, <laughs> they were uh, living in my living room uh, when I was living on the other side of town. And it's, it was a two-story place. Okay. Well, I was sick for like, God, God awful sick for like fucking like a month. Just horrible. Wow. And uh, so I come home, and I work nights, and I had taken... I forgot that I'd already taken some uh, cold and flu medicine. Oh, shit. And Benadryl. Oh, shit. And then I took a couple of Sudafed on top of that. Oh, shit. And I had overdone it. Yeah, you, you kind of overdose it. Well, and Sudafed is the main ingredient in meth. Well, my heart is pounding, and I've OD'd before. Yeah. On, you know, on, on actual hard drugs like cocaine. And uh, so I know what it feels like to OD. Oh, yeah. So I step out of my, out of my room, and I call downstairs. I go, Phil? He goes, yeah. Yeah. You take me to the hospital. I just OD'd, and he goes, "Yeah, no problem." Get, and now everything is a kind of fuzzy going to the hospital. And his girlfriend at the time, uh, Lashana, Lashandra, someone, what the fuck was her name? Anyway, she jumps out as as we're pulling up, and they come out. And what she told him is that I'd had a heart attack. Oh shit! She keeps saying this on the way to the hospital. You had a heart attack? No, I didn't have a heart attack. I overdosed. I know what it feels like. You want, to, you want to hear the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life? I'm getting wheeled in, and I hear, okay, get him into uh, room number three. Code blue to room three. Code oh, yeah. Blue. Now, I watch TV. I know the code blue is not good, and I know three. Where the fuck I'm going? Yeah. That can't be good. He's having a heart attack. That's what she said. I'm not having a heart attack. I overdosed. And uh, so they're checking my pulse, and then they did an EKG on me. Hey, your heart's in perfect shape. I said, no shit. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I overdosed. Code, I code like blue's shit. heart, <laughs> code and, black is fire, armor, bomb, and code pink is a missing child. That's all I know. <laughs> I call po- code, that code pink is something totally different for me. Oh, my um, dear God. And so is code I brown. thought you said you were reformed, Scott. I am. Then why are you making pussy jokes again? Oh, my God. I wasn't even making with well, those. Pink is for pink cotton candy. Where's your mind at? <laughs> yeah, Sicko. okay. I know where yours is. So they come is. in, and they, 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 if, it turns out that I had pneumonia. Oh, okay. That's what I had. And I, I'm telling them everything that I had. Yeah, you, you overdosed yourself. I said, no shit, Doc. Because yeah. I said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an addict. Yeah. I'm a junkie. I know what it feels like to overdose. I've been clean for, I can't remember how many years, like 15 years or something like that at the time, or 13. Was, oh, that was recently then. Yeah, was it? Well, let me think. I was going to say, because hasn't it only years. been like 19 years for you? I've been here for eight. So it was before that. So I can't remember how many years I've been clean at the time. But I've been clean for a number of years. Oh, yeah. Um. And he goes, yeah, and then and he puts the uh, gives me an uh, albuterol treatment with the mask. 
Oh, yeah. And I felt way better. Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, you, you got pneumonia. You're not even having a heart attack. I said, no shit. That's exactly what I said when I, when I came in here. Said, you know how scary it is to hear Code Blue and my room number? Yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. Because the next thing you know, they're going to be cracking open your chest. Yeah. I'm thinking they're <laughs> going to be using paddles on me and shit or teabagging <laughs> me in the mouth or something. I don't know what the fuck they do. When they're... Clear. Exactly. <laughs> scary shit but even in a situation like that yeah you know i was in a very vulnerable position very very you know and i wasn't even really fat then or anything like that. I was, in, I was in decent shape right you know but even in that position there's no way i could like fit the doctor could come at me with a machete so it's yeah. very clear go, i'm gonna have to chop you apart I'd be like, oh, i can't do this fuck it do it because i'm too weak i was yeah. way too weak to do shit yeah so now totally. you're talking about being in a position of power where, you know, and, and your superiors not reporting the shit that you're doing. Right. You know, imagine being in that weakened state and right. knowing that you're dying because this prick. Oh, yeah. Decided that you just need to die for no reason. You didn't do nothing to him. You didn't oh, yeah. piss in his Cheerios. Well, I was going to say, could you imagine if he was the fucking doctor on in the emergency room because he did do an emergency? I remember saying that. I would yeah. hate to have him as my ER yeah, doctor. Me too. Me fucking too. You know, because I had been in there and there was one time when they thought I was having a heart attack because, you know, and everything turned out to be double pneumonia, but whatever, you know, and it's stuff like that. It's like, you know, I want somebody in there. And when my dad had a stroke and everything, you know, the doctor was awesome. And um, I want somebody in there that I can trust because, you know what, this is somebody's life. Exactly. You know, if he would have been there when my dad was having a stroke. It would have been totally different. My dad would have died or not recovered, you well, know? You know, looking over here at my son, you know, even if he is in there, and he's a pain in the ass a lot. A lot. But. To me, too, and I don't hardly know him. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I want to be able to trust any doctor that checks him out. True. And he's a he's grown, man. He's fucking yeah. 18 years old. He's oh, taller yeah. than I am. He's like yeah. six foot tall, and, you know, he's built like a goddamn brick wall. I know, right? You know, but still, I want to be able to trust the doctors that check out my kids. Right. And that check me out and my loved ones. Hell, I want to check the. I, I want to be able to trust a veterinarian who checks out a dog. This is true. This is true. Jesus Christ! I mean, that's fucking. I mean, and to to bring it down again, because you know, well, and I, I know for a fact because you know I've lived in the medical industry my whole life with my mom that emergency rooms are there to check for emergent situations. Correct. Okay, I had my son in the emergency room because he had the stiff neck and everything. So we thought meningitis, you know, viral meningitis, yeah. not bacterial because that like shows up the rash and everything. But we thought viral meningitis. So, I mean, he literally had to get a spinal tap and it turned out to be clear. Come to find out it was his fucking wisdom teeth. <laughs> but they don't think to check your teeth. No. Because they're not fucking dentists, man. Exactly. So it's like, you know, but at the same time, they were doing what they thought was wrong with him. And doing a spinal tap on somebody is fucking dangerous. But it's also part of protocol. It is. It is. But, you know, you have to think about it, too, that you have to trust these doctors to do what they're supposed to do and do it right. Because in the long run, doing the fucking spinal tap... Could have paralyzed my child. Uh, exactly. You know? It's very dangerous, you know? Um, very. I mean, because one little... If he would have twitched a certain way or the doctor sneezed, anything. Since, since you were around the medical field, have you ever heard the term exquisite pain? I have. 
That means that, that is like beyond a ten. That's that's you're in so much pain that you can literally not feel any right. more pain. And I got a story about that too. So we talked about when I hauled milk tankers. And I was just I, say, is this when you hurt your back really yeah. bad? Yeah. And I was in what they classified as exquisite pain. Mm-hmm. And I was dating this girl named Autumn at the time. So she's at the ER with me. And they ran a needle. It was about a foot long. I'm not kidding. It was like that long, about a foot oh, long. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Um, to give me a cortisone shot in my spine. It was probably about as big around as my finger. Oh, yeah. And Autumn is big cringing. Gauge. And she's turning away. Then she opens her eyes and she looks at you're not even twitching. I said, because there's nothing that this guy can do to cause me more pain. I'm laying still. I'm already in a ton of pain. And honestly, yeah. I didn't feel it. I felt wow. pressure. That was it. That's because my body shut down. My body yeah. said, oh, no, we're done. This is yeah. bullshit. We're fucking done. Yeah. Yeah. All no. Right. It's so I've crazy. got nothing else to add to this. So we've been on our soapbox we, for a minute. We did go on a tangent. But, you know, it's, it's basically because, you know, we're tired of fucking seeing all these people turning a blind eye. It's yeah. insane. Well, it is totally fucking insane. What gets me is, uh, and a little bit more Parmesan in there. My son's getting ready to help make dinner, so bear uh, with me. What are we having? Chicken? Oh. Okay. Chops. Oh, chops. Love your chops. Yeah, we're going to do some chops. I tasted that freaking parm. I put a little on my hand and tasted it. Dude, that shit is delicious. Yeah. You know, you know who got me turned on to that and who keeps on buying, who's like Phil? my supplier? supplier? No. My sound guy, John Looney. Oh, okay. He uh, he sent it with Dawn one day, and he goes, "Have Scott try this," and I did. Oh my god! Like I was like cracking. You're it. like out of it, dude. I know, and John's got more for me. He's like my he, he's like my crack dealer. It's, it's great. Is he your palm dealer? He's my palm dealer, <laughs> your man. Palm connect. I meet him on the corner. He opens up a trench coat. What you need, Big Daddy? What you need? I got, <laughs> I got all kinds of seasonings and spices right here. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, because, you know, like I said, I am so sick and tired of hearing. And the sad part is, is I'm featuring another guy now that he was active in the early 2000s. And it's still fucking happening to this day. People are still turning a blind fucking eye. Well, it's not just in the medical field, though. No, it's not. Um, it's, it's all around. It's just what bothers me is we were talking about this a little bit earlier when it comes to turning a blind eye is so... And you guys will see this when I feature Bonin or Bonin. I call him Bonin. It's B-O-N-I-N. But um, so during the same period, we're talking the 50s, 60s, 70s. Right. Um, there was a, a killer that we featured named Carol Cole. And he was trying to get help. Desperately. He begged for help and told people, I'm going to kill people. Fucking give me, you know, give me some help here. And nobody would fucking help him. The only thing you guys got institutionalized. And even a doctor said, hey. You know, he's going to kill again. Okay, get out of here, you scab. You know, you're scamping and, and go on. And um, Bonin, Bonin, they had him in prison. They oh, had yeah. him in a mental institution. He's still trying to rape people in the mental institution. And then and they let him go. Then they, let him, they, they send him back to prison for a couple of years because, he, you know, hey, we can't handle him here because he keeps trying to rape everybody. And then they go, okay, you're free to go. You know, the yeah. doctor goes, hey, you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Turn that blind eye. And that and he, he was arrested like twice and did two stints in prison before yeah. he started killing. It's exactly. just fucking ridiculous. It's disgusting. I mean, and they do it with child molesters and shit, too. They oh, give don't get me started on they that. They get him fucking probation or they give him work release or whatever. And it just disgusts me. They aren't. I mean, okay, we talked about it in when we did Amelia Dyer. Dyer. It's like, you know, 
It's like letting a child molester out of jail and giving them a job in a daycare. Yep. Exactly. That's it right there. You yeah. know, that's what this is. And it's it's just it's just disgusting to me. It's like, where is the protection? You're supposed to serve and protect. Oh, I can tell you where the protection is against child molesters. With the child molester. No, I've got that 45 sitting oh, next well, to my yeah, bed right now. You can't fucking, you know, be a vigilante all over the world. Oh, I wish I could. I know. You got your little Superman cape on. Superman, nothing super Scott. I just bought new boots for my stage outfit today. Captain Save-A-Ho. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, right. I'm Captain Save-A-Ho. They're on order. They're going to get delivered uh, in the next couple of days. Not here, but to the store because it saves me taxes. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea because, you know, because Oregon doesn't charge. Exactly. That's why your son, when he buys expensive shit, sends it to my house so he doesn't have to pay taxes. Goddamn right, man. <laughs> shit. You know what? I got to be good for something, right? Right, right. All right, so we're going to wrap this one here up because, you know, I think we've entertained our serial killers enough. Remember, yeah. if you are a serial killer, be out by all means. Yeah, our brutals. Send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. If you're going to buy anything from Amazon, click on that little link that we provide on our page because it helps the, uh, helps the shows and doesn't cost you anything else. Not a dime. This show is copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. And check out our medium hub pages and vocal media at Brutal Nation. I forgot about you that part. Because I don't have a sticky note. You don't. I need to get some sticky notes. But no, I mean, and it, it's really, I mean, it really helps us out a lot. But you get the full articles and it's easier, you know, navigation and stuff like that. And pictures. Yeah. And you actually get more access to other things on those sites as well. That, you know, of, of interest to you that we don't provide. So. Well, that's true. That's true. But no porn. No, they don't have porn. They Sorry. should. I like porn. I know. I get the videos. <laughs> this show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We look forward to hearing from you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.